before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Would you win more games if you had a reliable kicker or a punter who could flip the field? The answer is virtual kicking. Coach Cullen has over 15 years of experience coaching specialists and special teams. Virtual kicking is designed to be the kicking coach to schools across the country. He takes the guesswork out of coaching your specialists. From first-time kickers or to specialists trying to play in college, with pre-built, easy-to-follow plans, specialists and coaches alike follow the scripts for both in-season and off-season. Coaches love the efficient and professional instruction their players receive every week through the coaching app. Simply upload video and receive individual coaching with next steps for each week of the season. Schools are already seeing the benefits. Visit virtualkicking.com to schedule a free Zoom call or text Kicking Coach to 202-599-5077. That's Kicking Coach to 202-599-5077. Don't wait until the fourth quarter. Virtualkicking.com. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got with me Coach Ryan McHugh. Coach McHugh is currently the offensive line coach at Hinsdale Central High School in Illinois. Uh, got his uh, career started as a player at Amos Alonzo Stag in, in Palos Hills, Illinois. Was a player at St. Xavier in Chicago, Illinois. Spent nine years as the offensive line coach at Marist High School in Chicago, one year at York, and then uh, entering his second season at Hinsdale Central. So you are you are Chicago through and through, Coach. Pleasure to have you. How's everything going? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Uh, you know, the best we can without having football going. So right. Uh, but I, I I've been excited. I know we've been trying to get something like this going for a while, and I'm excited to be here today we ha yeah we have and it's, it took a little bit but i'm glad you're finally here um you know before before we get into any of the podcast questions um how did you guys do did you guys use all uh all of your your contact days this fall yeah we uh we we used a majority of them we didn't use uh, the, the full 20 uh days but we we went about one day a week from september through uh actually last thursday was our last day we went every thursday okay uh, so you know, one day a week, we got, you know, a lot of good work in, uh, but, you know, the best of the, of the situation, the kids are lifting, they were lifting, so we're taking advantage of that, but getting sure. on the field for that one day was awesome, so. Good, that's good, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys got to get, take advantage of that a little bit, because um, it's, the uncertainty is, 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 is overwhelming at some points, but. Yeah, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a rough one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, so. Uh, we'll, we'll get going in the actual question now, coach. Talk to me a little bit. Uh, you know, you've been coaching now for, you know, over 10 years. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of the offensive line to some of the successful teams that you've been a part of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're an offensive line guy. We, anybody who's played or coached position, it, you really can't, you can't go f any far or as far as you want to go without having a solid group up front. Uh, I've been lucky since uh, every coaching stop I've been at, we've always had, you know, quality kids for that position and, and kids who bought into and, and really exemplify what being a good offensive lineman is. And that's a good teammate, hard worker, not looking for all that 
the, the, the thrills, the, the, the newspaper accolades, but right. willing to work and every spot uh, that I've been at, I've been lucky to have guys that have bought into it and have really wanted to be the best group they could be. So um, it's been exciting. You know, Marist, uh, the, my first stop Marist, the, the, they've just had a history of just great talent come out of there and they've got some great, great old linemen. Now York, we had a good group of kids and at Hinsdale, one of the great things about it is they've been known for offensive linemen. So, right. well, that was, that was actually one of my first questions I was going to ask you was what we're going to go reverse order here. Talk to me a bit about that, 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 you know, player at Hensdale central, that, that kind of prestige they have at that position. Cause you know, the first I, I'm, I'm, I've never coached up, up in the suburbs, but I always pay attention to Illinois high school football, no matter where I'm at in my coaching career. And and the one name that always pops up when you talk about Hinsdale central is the Allen brothers. So, you know, you guys obviously have a huge connection there. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, you know, the offensive line position at Hinsdale central and the, the, you know, just how important it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, I came in from outside, uh, obviously just uh, complete my first season there. But, you know, when you walk into the weight room, the first thing you see is the Allen brothers uh, jerseys and pictures right. up on the wall. And it's a huge thing of pride. I, I know a few uh, regimes ago, there was an offensive line coach there who was there for forever, uh, Gary Gaiman. And he, you know, built that prestigious quality kids, you know, big, good sized kids from the community who, you know, were just, you know, that mean, nasty, you know, relentless offensive linemen. Sure. And, being it where you see a couple guys in the pros now, the the kids who are in the school, they see that and then they want to, you know, they want to follow that success. And, you know, last year we had a couple, we had a, a young man named uh, Amadaji. He's going to Yale and he, you know, he's set that tone now for our group that we've got now. And it's just luckily we've been lucky to have kids that keep building on it each and every year. Uh but it's just, it's, it's something that the community, I think, prides itself on. Uh, I know when I interviewed for the position, it was kind of, that was the position all eyes were on. They wanted to get a guy who uh, was going to be able to continue that offensive line success. Sure. And I was lucky to get it. So. Sure. Now do those, you know, obviously you've got, I think two in the NFL and one who's starting at Michigan state Do those, I mean, and not just those guys, but do you get a lot of former players that kind of, you know, obviously pre COVID, uh, that come through and, and kind of check on things and, and stop by practice maybe, or, 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 you know, even come to the, to the weight room and work out or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know pre, obviously pre COVID, there was a couple guys that would come out and hang around um, when they were off of school um, there in the weight room. And then we have a huge group of guys that come back every game day and every, you know, practice and they want to hang out. They want to, you know, watch how the guys are doing, keep that connection going. Sure. And uh, the Allen brother, they haven't had them come back uh, yet, but I, I know, uh, you know, there's an, they have a keen program. They, they continue to stay kind. But it's always nice to see all those kids come back, even if they didn't go to play. Uh, we had a couple offensive linemen last year who graduated. They were back every, every time they could be in the summer and at all the games watching the guys and, you know, cheering them on. So there's a huge brotherhood that continues uh, with those guys and we're hoping to keep that thing going that's awesome that's cool that's 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 one of the, the the great things that everywhere I've been there's been that that great tradition that those guys kind of come back and check on things and make sure make sure that the you know the foundation they've built is not not going anywhere so that's that's cool that you guys have that as well 
Yeah, it's it's a lucky thing because, like you said, I think that good programs they they have that kind of thing. You know, right. a program successful. Right. Um, you know, looking at looking at your bio and and one of the things that kind of jumps out of me again, me being an Illinois guy and knowing about Illinois high school football, you spent a lot of time at Marist High School, uh, nine years. That means nine years in the Catholic League. <laughs> Talk a little bit about the Catholic League for those guys listening that might not know anything about it, because in my opinion, that that's one of the toughest conferences in all, not just Illinois, probably the entire nation. Um, when, you know, when you go top to bottom, but talk to me just about how it was, how tough it was preparing for, for opponents in the, in the Catholic league, you know, as an offensive line coach looking against, you know, guys in the, you know, guys on the defensive line that are probably going all over America to play big time division one football. Um, how tough was that as an offensive line coach and, and how, how much did that help you kind of be, climb the ranks and, and, and be a better coach as you, you know, each year you've gone in. You know, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, the majority that when I was there, we were still like the East suburban Catholic, which was, you know, the, the, the not the Chicago Catholic schools, but, uh, but it was all the suburban Catholic schools. So it was still a mega conference of Joliet right. Catholics and all that. And then right when I was leaving, they were merging with the Chicago Catholic school. So they just created this unbelievable conference, like you said, and, you know, preparing for like a brother Rice or a Mount Carmel or a Rita, not only were you preparing for that D1 talent, but you're also preparing for this this game that's got the guys amped up beyond belief and the community amped up belief beyond belief. But uh, you know, it was it was it was great for me because I right when I started at Marist, I literally was a year or two removed from college, and I was lucky to get brought in by the head coach at the time there, Pat Dunn, mm-hmm. and former, uh, former Lake Forest Forester. So yeah, yes. I, know, I know I know Coach Dunn very well. Coach Dunn, Coach Fitzgerald, who I worked for with the York, but uh, they were both Lake Forest guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it was just getting brought in there and being a part of coaching with those guys and building, helping them build the program when we were there uh, was just amazing. And then I think that at like a school like Marist or those Southside Catholic schools, you know, there's just a, there's a real legacy and a pride that everybody takes in those schools. So when you, when you start building them up and, and, and really, you know, recruiting and they're not recruiting, but getting kids to come to the school, <laughs> I shouldn't say recruiting, but I, you know, I getting, those, it's okay. <laughs> getting those guys in there. And then, you know, you're out there every weekend, you know, with the, oppos- the opposition coaches, seeing those guys and, you know, you become kind of a, a rivalry, but a respectful rivalry to a sense. And you really got to learn how to improve your game each and every way. Cause you know, when at the time Frank uh, Frank Lenti was still at Mount Carmel, you know, though you're you're trying to find a way to t- knock him off or those sure. guys at St. Rita, and uh, you gotta you gotta really up your game to the next level. So, being there was was great uh, for me as a development as a coach. You know, I left there two uh, two three years ago now, and and you know I I, I met my uh, wife there, had my first child when I was coaching there, and um, it's a very special place for me. It was hard to leave, but it's just a place, you know, though you're, you're competing against the best each and every week. So there's never a, a week where you can sit back and kind of go, okay, well, we got an easy week this week. We'll start, you know, preparing for the next one. We'll, sure. we'll take it easy because each and every week, you know, you're going to be in a dog fight. Uh, so you, you learn how to kind of tailor your game and, and really have to, as a coach study and then, get your guys up each and every week to, to write, to be the best they can be because they're going to play a guy across from them. that's going to knock their block off if they don't. Right. And, and I mean, again, me 
me growing up reading the Chicago Sun-Times, the Chicago Tribune at my at my parents' house every morning, you know, I I I see all those schools and I see all those all the all the history they have, and it's always been I've always been curious about it, and it's always you know it's interesting to get your perspective of things because that's kind of what you know as a coach you kind of imagine that's what it's going to be like. You know, you can't. It's not like you can take a week off. There's not going to be any easy games and for any of those opponents. So it's 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 kind of it's kind of interesting how you guys go about that, but um, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've, you've obviously, you've been uh, like, I, I kind of said at the beginning, you you're an Illinois guy through and through you, you know, you went to high school here. You went to play. Uh, did you, did you play in college? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I played a couple of years at St. Xavier. So played in college and been coached in college. How kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get, stay on top the topic of football, but off of it a little bit, how, we talked a little bit about it earlier too. How tough has this fall been, you know, with, with the IHSA and everything that's happened and, and how have your kids, you know, we talked about they're doing the workouts and they're and they're, they were practicing once a week. How have they been handling it? How have you guys have coaches been handling it? Um, you know, what, what have been some of the major stressors and, and, and challenges you guys have been dealing with during this, this quote unquote fall football season? Yeah. I mean, I think for you know all of us coaches, and I know you're you're in the collegiate level, but anybody in Illinois, it's just kind of been that uncertainty. You know, there's no date here where you can you know to to plan for. You're just kind of twisting in the wind, no matter what they can do. So as as a coach, it's kind of I know us as a coaching staff, we've tried to keep the kids kind of focused on what they can control and and kind of focusing on just getting better each and every day, trying to keep them away from you know getting in that position. Well, when are we going to play? What are we going to do? You know, so that's been the tough thing, you know, for, for us as a coach, and I'm sure every other coach in Illinois, just dealing with this, you know, just uncertainty each and every week. Um, you know, as a, as a coaching staff, we kind of had to, uh, like everybody else, just kind of twi- turn on a, on a dime and get this, you know, we did a lot of the Zoom stuff when we had mm-hmm. to stay apart, do that. And, you know, that was kind of, it was good to be engaged with the kids and kind of, you know, make sure they're still focusing on, on getting better and giving them, a, you know, some football stuff to think about. And then we had a little bit of a time in the summer where we were able to kind of get together for a, you know, a watered down version of a camp. You know, there was no contact, but it was still good to be out there with the guys. And the guy, the kids, our players, you know, were really invested. They're really bought in, you know, every little chance they could get, they wanted to get better each and every day. So for those, for, from a coach perspective, seeing that of our players, it was really, really great thing to see, you know, cause you could have guys that may go, well, I'm not going to do this cause we're just, who knows we're going to play football or, you know, trying to take that, maybe not have the right mindset about it. And we were very fortunate. We didn't have those kids. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're hoping, you know, we're, we're trying to stay positive with our guys and hoping that, you know, this thing, obviously it is a pandemic. We all understand that we're just, you know, hoping that we can get this thing going in the spring and, and really have a chance to play. Cause I know speaking for our guys, our guys are chomping at the bit and there, we have some really good talent on our team that, you know, for seniors, it's, it's about getting them that chance to go out on that last, sure. that last hurrah on the football field, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, and it's, it's, I, I can, I mean, I can only imagine the frustration you guys have had as you've watched every other state around us play and 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 all that stuff and you know the the i don't want to get into the politics of it but the politics of it have not been very good right. uh, so it, it's i i hated it for all of my coaching friends that that had to just sit by and watch and and deal with all that 
nonsense. So, you know, I hope, I hope for your guys' sake and for the kids' sake that come springtime, you, you get something, whether it's shoot, whether it's one game for them to show off kind of mm-hmm. what they, what they have. I just hope that there's, there's something for you guys to, to get out there and show to, to everybody. So um, yeah, it's just yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. You're, and that, you said it, that if, even if it's one, two games, you know, it's just about getting out there so the guys can, you know, have that film, have that last kind of moment, you know? Right. Yeah. Awesome. All right, coach, last question I got for you. And, and this would be a good one. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you've coached, guys you played with, or guys that you're just a fan of, who would be on that five-man offensive line? You know, every time I listen to to the show, I've always I always think the same thing. I'm like, well, what would be my group? It's I love the question. It's just every time I'm sitting there going, ah, who you know, trying to break it down. Right. Um, well, I'm sure. I mean, if you're anything like me, it could change depending on the day. I mean, it right. could, it, 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 mine because I know I've got like one or two guys that are always on mine, but then the, the other three, it's like, yeah, it depends on who I'm watching that week. Right. You know, and I mean, I, I think a lot of guys I've heard have said this name, and I, I just know for me because I'm a big Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan. Uh, and I wish the Bears would have drafted this guy, Quentin Nelson. Is he's at the top of the board right now for me, just because you watch the guy. And I, I don't know how any offensive line coach or offensive line player can't just watch him and just be like, "Wow, yeah. you know, he's he's the guy you want to be." Uh, another guy who, you know, another interior guy, a guard that I, I really liked when he was playing in college. I showed his film a lot. He's a more recent guy. Is Brandon uh, Sheriff at Iowa? Okay, and uh, I really liked him. I used a ton of his film in my meeting rooms. My guys showing him, you know, this is. This is the guy, you know, at the time, like, this is the way to play. He was mean, nasty, great punch. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, like, to my tackles, you know, I the, the one guy who I had to throw out there, and he's not like a Hall of Fame name, but I wore his number in high school because that was the guy who was an offensive tackle, John Tate. You know, he played for the okay. Chiefs and the Bears. Yeah. I wore 76 in, in my senior high school just because of him. He was the tackle for the Bears. So, I'm like, I'm wearing, I'm wearing 76 too. And uh, so, you know, John Tate and then – you know, I, he just went in the Hall of Fame for the Bears, Jimbo Covert. Um, yeah. I don't know. He was just, you're my uh, second wonder, I'm a big Bears fan. You might have Jimbo Covert yesterday, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Chicago guy, so that makes sense. Awesome, awesome player. And then just because I met him and he was you know, a big influence on my playing career to finish high school and going to college uh, was Olin Krutz uh, yeah. at center for the Bears. I had a chance of meeting him when I was a junior, and he kind of told me, a lot of great tips on, you know, playing the position and kind of just how you have to have that edge when you're on the field at all times. So I had to throw Olin in there just because he, he's the guy that kind of pushed me over the top in terms of my playing style. Right. That was able to kind of get me into college and get a chance to play there. Yeah, he was a stud. And I'm trying to remember, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm getting old and my brain's not what it used to be. <laughs> when, when John Tate played for the Bears – wasn't that when Orlando Pace played for the Bears? Didn't weren't those the bookends for the Bears for a couple of years? Am I off? I, I think they might have just missed, but you might be right because I, I know there was a. T- I think when John Tate was, it was Fred Miller, or I believe was the other tackle for a couple of years when Tate was on the other side of. Okay, him. but I think Orlando Pace came in kind of a couple of years, but. I almost forgot Orlando Pace played for the Bears. You're right. <laughs> yeah, like think like two years, but I mean, shoot, I'd take him. I'd take him right now at 45 years old. That's the, that's oh. how bad the Bears' old line is. But there, there's something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Before we get you out of here, do me a favor, uh, drop your Twitter handle and any other information you want the guys to know. Yeah, no, I guess I'll, I'm very happy to be here. It was what a what an honor it was. Uh, 
Twitter is RYMCQ65. Uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff for the football team, Hinsdale Central football team. Uh, I have a podcast that's kind of in hiatus and not hiatus whenever I get a chance to do it, the, uh, the Coach McHugh Show. I uh, haven't had a chance to do any episodes lately, but hoping to get back on it and get it going. Awesome. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. Twitter, uh, RYMQ65. And, um, and, yeah, again, thank you for having me on. This was just something I had been hoping to do and – I'm glad I was able to come on and talk to you. I know hog football chat is one of the greatest things you guys put together. And, and every Monday I love looking forward to it and talking to everybody. And thank you guys for doing that. Well, I appreciate you, man. I, I'm glad we finally got, got the time timing down and got to talk a little bit. Um, you know, best of luck the rest of the year. And hopefully you guys have something in the spring that, that we can, uh, we can, we can talk about some more and, and uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Same to you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you coach. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.